It's Family Sunday, uh, as you can see. Uh, and, and parents, I want to assure you, your children are going to make noise. They're going to make disruptions. And, and when Jesus was here, uh, they said, no, 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 keep the children back. Jesus is talking. And Jesus said, no, no, bring the children to me, right? Because the kingdom belongs to those like these, right? A childlike faith. So we're going to make some noise. There's going to be distractions. I'm used to working in this environment. My name is Brandon. I work, I am the children's ministry director here at Outward Church. And so I'm, I'm back in kids, and I'm used to kind of teaching with the noise. And so parents, I just want, to, want you to rest assured uh, that we're going to make some noises here today, and that's okay. So uh, you guys uh, might uh, have experienced this uh, about, about uh, taste and see uh, that the Lord is good. We, as I've been thinking and preparing about what, uh, what I would be uh, bringing as a message this morning. This verse kept coming back, Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We have to taste it, but we have in our minds what something's going to taste like before we taste it, right? And kids, you can, you can relate to this. Uh, my, my 10-year-old, she's a, a culinary encyclopedia. She can come upstairs and say, uh, what's for dinner tonight? And my wife will read the title from the Pinterest uh, recipe that she found for that day, which doesn't have any of the ingredients. It's just like a, a title of a, of a recipe. And, and my daughter, Ari, forgive me, I'm telling this story, but uh, she'll say, oh, I don't like that, right? She, there's no ingredients in the title, right? But she's, she knows she doesn't like it. And then, and then she'll explain what the ingredients are. It's like, oh, no, I like that and I like that, but together it's not good. Okay, uh, my, my, my daughter, the same thing, you hold something up and she'll look at it. The closest she'll do is she'll bring it close to her mouth and make a decision like when it's within three inches whether or not she's going to like it. No tasting. Uh, and so we, we see in kids, obviously, we, we make an assumption. We, we guess what something's going to taste like before we ever even put it into our mouths. Uh, but believe it or not, you guys know Pastor Matt. He was up here the last family Sunday, wore the pink robe and the, and the slippers. That's funny because he's a tough guy, usually wears boots. He's not afraid of much. He's not afraid of anything. But did you know that there's even one thing he won't try? It's sushi. He's never tried sushi. And, and he'll tell you that he has. He tell, he'll tell, I was there in Reno. I know it's not the best place for sushi, but he was there. Uh, he was there, and for whatever reason, he trusted us. As a group of guys, we were there for a conference, a pastor's conference, and, and we, said, we said, Matt, you've got to try sushi. You're 40-something. You've never had sushi. Come on, just taste it. And he's like, no way. No, I'm not going to. Somehow he trusted us, and that in all places, Reno was going to be his first sushi experience. Okay, there are no oceans, kids, if you don't know. There are no oceans, no fish anywhere to be found in Reno. It, it would all have to be flown in. Nonetheless, we, got, we walk into a sushi restaurant, he asks all of the same questions. All of this is raw? Like, this, it's not cooked? It's, sushi is like fish and, and, and rice? And, you know, what's the difference between nigiri and sashimi? And, 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 and then we go around, we order. You got the sheet of paper, and you put the, the order what you're going to have. And Matt definitely took the paper and made a mark on the paper. Okay? So he was there at the sushi restaurant with all of us, ordered sushi. The waitress comes out, and he brings out all the sushi, and she hands all the plates out. And he proudly accepts his dish in front of him, takes a bite, and, and declares, I have eaten sushi. 
And I look at it, and I'm like, what did you order? And he tells me, and I look at the menu, it's steak. He ordered, <laughs> it, somehow in Reno, I've never seen this before, there is a sushi roll with steak. Not raw, cooked steak, wrapped in rice. That's not sushi, okay? So still, he refuses to eat sushi. Refuses to. He's afraid to. He doesn't know what it tastes like. He's never had it, but he knows he doesn't like it, right? Just by the description of it. Raw fish, rice, no thanks, right? But he doesn't know. He's never tried it, okay? I've, I, I've, I've read, I've done some Google searches. We're starting to make things out of bugs now. I saw cricket flour, okay? So like somehow it's like processed crickets. This is sustainable, a good source of protein, and it works in baking, okay? So you can have cricket brownies, and you guys are like, ooh, no way, I'm not going to try it. But have you tried it? Have you tried cricket flour? It might be really good, okay? Kids, later, I've got something for you to taste, okay? <laughs> you will taste and see that it is good, and I'll give you a hint. It's bugs, okay? It's bugs. I found delicious edible bugs, and after the service is over, you get to try some. I've got something just for you. We, we, we think we know what something's going to taste like without ever tasting it. It's easy to see in kids, but moms and dads, parents, we do the same thing. We do the same, same thing every, every time that we, we struggle in our sin or we come against the, the, the scary or the unfamiliar or the hard or the challenging. We ask the question, is this good? Is this something that I want to take a bite of? I don't want any part of it. I can see this ingredient and this ingredient and together, that's not good. I won't eat that. We do that. We do that when we're kept from doing something. Again, we see it in kids. Uh, my two-year-old, she's sitting right over here. She, she, she has this, this, this insane desire to run into the street. She's adventurous. She's convinced that all of the goodness there is to be had is in the street. And the second we open the door, she takes a step towards the parking lot or towards the street. And I say, no. Anaya, you cannot go into the street. And she throws a fit as if to say, my dad's holding back on me. There must be so much goodness in that street. But if I let her go into the street, kids, am I a good dad? No. I'm not a good dad. I must protect her even from herself. And so I don't let her go into the street. But she, she wonders if I'm good. Now, easy to see, once again, in kids, but, but moms, dads, adults, we, see, we do this too. In fact, we've always done it. It's always happened from the very beginning. Kids, do you remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Adam and Eve in the garden, everything was perfect, and we know it was perfect. It was good because God said it was good. Day one, good. Day two, good. Day three, good. He called it all good. A good God called it all good, and he, and he said one thing. He said, will you trust me? Trust me that I know what's good. Will you trust in my goodness? You can have all of it. You can do anything you want, but one thing, one thing I'm asking you, will you trust me? Don't eat the fruit of this tree. Please don't eat the fruit of this tree. You're just going to have to trust that I'm good. Just in the same way I'm asking my daughter to just trust me, there's nothing good for her in that street. God asks us to not do the one thing. And Adam and Eve, they, 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 they questioned the goodness of God. Is God holding out on us? 
Is there so much more life and joy and excitement in this fruit? I've got to try it. And we do the same thing. Every time we come against our own flesh, our own will, and we have a desire to do something, we know in our conscience and in God's Word, God's told us, will you trust me? This is not good for you. I have something better for you. We question, is God holding out on us? Can God really provide for us all that we need so that I can be totally satisfied in Him? So we ask that question. Is God good? Now, don't get me wrong. Bad things happen. Really hard to explain things. We can't find an answer in the Bible of why mom isn't here for Christmas this year. Why little brother has cancer. And well-meaning Christians at this time would try to tell you about what God allows and what, you, what He uses and, 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 and what He permits. And I don't know that that's all that helpful when you're in the middle of suffering. When you're really questioning the goodness of God when the bad things are happening. One of the things that's really helpful for us is when we think about what foundation are we coming from when we ask that question. Is it the assumption that we are good? I'm a good person, I do good things, so I'm a good judge of what's good. Is it based on our experiences? See, Jesus, Jesus was asked by a rich ruler, he says, the rich ruler comes to him and, and, and he says, good teacher, what must I do to interne, inherit eternal life? This is Luke uh, 18. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus stops him right there. He knows the question he's going to ask. He's basically going to say, hey, I'm a good guy. What else do I got to do? Right? He stops him before he continues and says, why do you call me good? Even Jesus wouldn't let him call him good. Of course Jesus is good. He created the world. He's God. But he's, but he's starting with the right framework. Why do you call me good? Because no one is good except God alone. No one is good except God alone. God alone is good. Think about the bad things that happen in your life. It's most likely a result of bad people, right? Because no one is good. But we put ourselves, yes, there are a lot of bad people, but me, I'm good. I'm good so I know what is good. I know what this is going to taste like because I've had that and I've had that and you put them together and it's not good. I know it's not good because I'm good. But when we accept that, when we receive the words of Jesus, in fact, he, tell, he tells the rich ruler, in fact, what he needs to do is, is don't kill, don't lie, you know, tithe. And, and he's like, yep, did all those things. And, he's, and you know what the next thing, if you guys have heard this story before, he says, okay, now sell all you have. This is what the good that needed to happen in his life was that everything that he had accumulated needed to be taken away from him. That was the good thing that needed to happen in his life in order for him to trust God. And that's what God cared about, was not the good that, that we think we know and understand about being successful. It was about, can we get back to that garden experience, the Garden of Eve, Eden, uh, where God is God and we 
are his people, and we just trust in his goodness. So the invitation is to taste and see that the Lord is good. But we have a hard time tasting something if we, if we aren't quite sure what it's going to taste like. In fact, if it looks kind of like something we've tasted before, I told you about cricket brownies. All of you have had some experience with bugs, and no part of you wants to try these brownies. You're convinced that you, have, that you know that they are not going to taste good. So practically, what do we do? What do we do if the invitation is to taste and see the goodness of God, yet we refuse to try and taste His goodness. We, we take a step away from God and we ask the question. Most of the kids that I work with, and, and adults too, if they, have yet, if they have not yet put their faith in God, if they are not following Jesus, they're basically asking some version of the question, if God is so good then why whatever, whatever it is for you, okay? It's some version of that question that's keeping them. And the answer, Psalms 34, 8, is if you taste it, you'll see it's good. But you have to taste it. So what does that mean? How do we taste? How do we taste God? How do we taste and see? I can tell you what I did. I got to a place in my life where things had not worked out the way that I had hoped they would. A whole lot of sadness and loneliness entered my life, and I had no hope for my future. And I, embarrassingly, I, I can admit it now, I question the goodness of God. I'm sitting in a community group of people. A lot of the people that are here today were there. They witnessed it. And I said out loud, I believe that God is in control, that He's sovereign, that He exists, but I don't know if he's good. Because I look at my life and none of this feels good. And this verse came to mind. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I thought of my little kids as they refused to taste a new thing. With my kids, we, 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 we try to channel Daniel Tiger sometimes. You got to try new foods because it might taste good, right? Parents, you guys remember? Kids, you guys know this one, right? You got to try new foods because it might taste good. These things are coming into my mind, this first, and, and my kids, I've got to get them to just try it, to experience it because they're going to love it. I know they are. Pastor Matt, you're going to love sushi. You just got to try it. <laughs> so what I did is I said, okay, I don't feel like going to church. It's the last place I want to be, but I'm going. I don't want to be in a community group, and I definitely don't want to talk about my feelings, but that's what I'm going to do. I don't feel like praying because I, I feel like God's giving me the cold shoulder, but I'm going to. I'm going to pray to him, and I'm going to tell him exactly how I feel. And he wasn't afraid of it. He responded. I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to find out, is there any evidence of what I'm feeling right now that God isn't good because I feel he's not? And so I took a bite. I came to church and I sang worship songs about the goodness of God even though that wasn't in my heart. But God started to respond. I felt His presence. 
I felt his comfort. I felt his peace. God started putting people around me. I start getting phone calls and texts from people just saying, how are you doing? I'm thinking about you. I love you. How can I be praying for you? I got into a community of people and my church ministered to me. God's church ministered to me. Those are not the bites that I wanted to take, but those were the bites that I needed to take. Parents, we've got to teach our kids how much we love the taste of God's goodness. We've got to demonstrate our faith to our kids. We've got to raise our hands in worship. We've got to talk about how good God is because the more that they hear it, the more that they're going to want to take a bite. Practically, parents, you can grab this book right here, the Jesus Storybook Bible, okay? Or one like it. This is the best that I've found. You read these stories, I promise you, this is more of a ministry to the reader than to the listener. Because throughout it, it points out how Jesus always was the plan, always was the hero, always was the rescuer. And you see, when you start at the beginning of your Bible and you read through it, you'll see the goodness of God over and over and over again. You've got to read your Bible, you've got to pray. You got to get around God's people. You got to start taking bites and start seeing and give God the opportunity to respond. Stop saying, if, if this is happening, then God not, must not be good. You're not good. You're not a very good judge of what is good. The promise is that you would taste it. You will see that it's good. If you're not a believer, if you have not yet placed your faith in Jesus, the very first step you can do, the very first bite you can take is to believe. Experience forgiveness of sins. Your sin has separated you from God and all he asks us to do is believe that Jesus came and lived the perfect life and died for you. Receive that. And you'll see, you'll start to experience his goodness. He'll change your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And you could do that today. We have a baptismal here. You can place your faith in Jesus today and be baptized. If you're a believer, the way that we do this every single week, we get to taste the goodness of God through communion. When we take that cracker, we are tasting God's sacrifice, His love, His steadfast love, His mercy. The, the, the cracker represents the body of Jesus that was broken for us. The cup represents his blood that was spilled for us. And so every single week, we're in a practice of tasting the goodness of God. We also have baptism today. And as the band, uh, band comes up, we're going to sing, we're going to celebrate together uh, people who have taken that step to taste God, to see His goodness. And we're going to celebrate that all together as we've done with Family Sunday. We're going to take communion all together. Parents, if, if, if you're a believer and you have believing children, you can help them with this. If you have not yet placed your faith in Jesus, this will be a way that you can taste after you've, you've placed your faith in Him. You've got to taste and see the goodness. There's something you've got to do he is good, but you got to taste it. Will you pray with me? Father, we praise you. We praise you for your goodness. Forgive us for every time we say, 
I know what you taste like. God, because we are not good, we are counting on, depending on uh, your goodness to shine through. So we, we, we worship you and we respond and we take a bite. Will you show us your goodness? Will you prove to us that your word is true? We love you and it's your name we pray. Amen.